0: Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Remember back to when you were little, a little child. Some of us have longer ago to think than others. But when you were little, When you needed something, you asked your parents. You didn't worry about whether you were going to get it or not. You just asked. Candy, toys, a ride in the arms, whatever it was. You just asked. Because you had a father and a mother who loved you, who provided for you. All that you had, all that you needed, came from their hands. So if you had any need or anything you wanted at all, you just asked. As time went on, however, you changed, didn't you? You grew up and your requests changed too. You didn't just ask for candy, toys, or a ride in the arms, but maybe bigger things, more serious things, for protection from danger, for your parents to help someone in need. And then more changes. You realize some things were too big for mom and dad. There were some things they couldn't do for you. Some things they couldn't give you. And then you learned something else too how to manipulate mom and dad, how to ask when to ask to increase your odds at getting what you wanted. And then if mom said no, ask dad, and vice versa. And then after a while, you just stopped asking. Because you got old enough to do things, get things on your own. You grew up and began to rely on your parents less and go it on your own. But still, even then, when problems arose, when you needed advice, when things got too big for you, you could still ask. You could still go to mom and dad and know they would be there for you. As a Christian, maybe that's where you're at. You've grown up, do things on your own, rely on God less now than you did before. Oh, he's still there for advice or to cry out to when things get too big for you. When problems arise in your life. Maybe you even try to manipulate him in giving you what you want. But the day-to-day stuff, the day-to-day needs, you just take care of on your own. With his words to his disciples and to us today, Jesus is inviting us back. Back to the beginning. Back to being and thinking of ourselves as children of God. Because you always are, you know. Fathers will tell their daughters, you'll always be my little girl, even when you're all grown up. Well, you're always a child of God, even when you're all grown up. And the disciples are too. They've grown a lot over the past three years that they've spent with Jesus. And even though they will soon be sent out as apostles, sent out to proclaim Jesus and all that he has done. Don't stop being children, Jesus says. Ask. Be always little children asking their father. That's what Jesus is saying in the words of the Holy Gospel today. Be that child again and always, that ask your Father for anything and everything. All that you have, all that you need, comes from His hand, so ask. Because you're His child, and He is your Father. Which is what it means to ask in Jesus' name. That's not a magic formula, so that by saying those words, God has to do it, Children often think that with the word please. They learn that's the magic word that will get them what they want. So I said please, so you have to do it. But to ask in Jesus' name isn't like that. It means to ask because his name is on you. Because you are a baptized child of God. A child of your heavenly father. Which means prayer is never man to man, grown up to grown up. It is always (coughs) child to father. Which also means that we shouldn't overanalyze our prayers, which we tend to do at times. Is this a good prayer? Can I pray this? How do I pray this prayer? Just pray. And let your father figure it out. That's what children do, isn't it? Ask mom, ask dad, tug on the sleeve. They'll figure the rest out. They'll do what's best. Children just ask. Say what's on their mind and in their heart. That's what we can do. That's how we can be. Not worried about prayer, just praying not because of our request or because of how we're asking, but because we have a Father who wants us to pray and has promised to hear us and give us what we ask for. And then with that, there's a bonus too, Jesus says, joy. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Again, think of little children. Little children ask for what they need and then run off and joyfully play because it's in their mom and dad's hands. It's all good. They don't have to worry about it. They don't have to worry about food, housing, clothing, protection, or what they asked for. Mom and dad's got it. And for us too. Ask, pray, pray. And then live in the joy of knowing that your Father in heaven got it. He'll take care of it. Now, maybe that seems like a tall order. Something that's even impossible for us to do. Because as little children learn, mom and dad don't always, can't always do it, they fail. They're sinners too. And so we learn to be independent and rely on ourselves as we grow up. And as Christians, maybe we carry some of that attitude, some of that thinking into our lives of faith too. The disappointment that we have experienced in this world and life that maybe makes us doubt the word and promises of God. That he wants us to pray, that we're not to bother, that he wants to give us all that we ask for, all that we need. Maybe it's not so after all. That's why when Jesus spoke these words, when he spoke them, it's important. It is on the night of his betrayal, arrest, and in the morning his crucifixion. In very short order, he'll be the son praying to his father in the garden of Gethsemane. Which may seem to disprove this promise Jesus just made to his disciples that ask and you will receive. But Jesus did receive. He wasn't saved from death by not dying. He was saved from death. By rising from the dead. And that, Jesus' resurrection, is why we can believe this promise he gives us about prayer. For here you see God's love for you, his perfect love, love that all earthly moms and dads will fall short of. For on the cross is God giving himself to you, for you, in his son. The cross shows the love of God for you, taking care of your greatest need, your need for life. Life in the forgiveness of your sins, life from the death you will die. And in Jesus, you have it. In Jesus, you too will rise. And if God has done that for you already, the rest is small potatoes, isn't it? And all the rest he wants for you too. He delights to give to his children. That you have joy and peace. And God does. He does answer the prayers of his children. And he does act because of your prayers. Because you come to him and ask. You know sometimes we overanalyze here too thinking that if God knows everything, and he already knows everything he's going to do, then why bother? Why ask? But that's not how the scriptures speak. Abraham's prayer made a difference. Moses' prayers made a difference. Maybe Lydia's prayer by the riverside in Philippi is what led to Paul being there. Especially when you pray for those who cannot pray for themselves unbelievers or those who think they can't. I know I will do things for my children that I will not do for others because they are my children. So maybe a beggar asked for money. I may or may not give it to him. But if my child asked me to give him some money because she has compassion in her heart and wants to be compassionate, that would make a difference, wouldn't it? So don't underestimate your prayers. Don't overanalyze them either. Just be a child. Be a child of God and ask your father. Let him sort out the rest. And trust that he will. And maybe that's the hardest part of prayer. Trust. Trust. Jesus said at the end of the gospel today, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. But how often does it seem like the world is overcoming Christians? Is overcoming the church? Well, it seemed that way on the cross too. It seemed that way when your friend and Savior was sealed in a tomb. Yet it's true. What Jesus said. His resurrection proved that he did overcome everything that the world and hell could throw at him. But our prayers in this world and life, well, they're still from Gethsemane, not from glory, from tribulation, not from victory, not yet for us. But that's why we pray. Because we're children who need help. Because others need help. And we have a father who has promised to give us what we ask for. Maybe it won't be the way we think. Maybe it won't be when we think. Maybe it won't even be on this side of eternity. But his promise is true. It's true as the empty tomb. And remember what Jesus said to Thomas the Sunday after Easter. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So we pray. Maybe we won't see, but we believe. And so we pray as little children who go to their parents. They're mom and dad. And we pray. And then as Luther said in his instructions after his morning and evening prayers, then go joyfully to your work. That's what the end of morning prayer said. And go to sleep in good cheer after the evening prayer. Because your father's got it. He'll take care of it. So pray. And there's a lot to pray for, isn't there? John gave us a picture of heaven in the reading from Revelation today, but we're not there yet, of course. For us, it is still the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues. For us, it is still tribulation. For us, it is still wars and conflict, doubt and death. And it's hard. And it's frightening. And it's often too big for us pray. Go to your Father, just like you used to. For He has promised to hear and give you what you ask for. Don't worry about the how and the when, just pray. Let Him worry about the how and the when. He'll take care of it. Just as He baptized you and feeds you and forgives you, so He'll do this too ask. For he didn't leave his son in the grave. And he won't leave your prayers there either. Which we know. For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And you are his dearly loved child. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.